Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and co-host Jake Richmond and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and I am back this week, fully healthy. Well, that's probably to be debated also, um, at least from the mental side of things, as well as how beat up I am from this rough and tumble fantasy football season. But of course, I'm also joined by my um, pal in crime here, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? Well, you mentioned rough and tumble, and uh, that's kind of how I feel today because it was a long, long day for me. Uh, what most of uh, America, most of the people that tune into our podcast might not know is that uh, in addition to doing these podcasts and uh, performing our writing chores for the huddle.com, I also uh, have a day job that involves uh, drinking beer. Well, this, uh, this particular day, I had a lot, of, uh, a lot of responsibilities, so to speak. So I uh, had, had a, few, uh, a few cold ones this afternoon and... Uh, so I'm a little bit rough and tumble myself. I might be retiring from beer drinking. And that's never a good thing. Well, I, I kind of like have gotten to the Holy Grail. Which one? Hetty Topper. That is an amazing beer. Um, two, almost two years ago, I guess it was when I turned 48, I tasked my wife with a challenge, as you would put it, I guess, to find a way to get me at least one can so I could try it of Hetty Topper before I turned 50. And I turned 50 this coming February. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made hints on Twitter how I was trying to get her to help me find it, thinking maybe somebody would reach out to her. Nope. Nobody reached out to her. Um, She probably could have reached out to them, but she found her own contact that she knew through work. And the other night when I went to... um, Crawl on to bed, there was a brown paper bag on my bed, on my pillow, and I went, what the hell is this? And I opened it up, and I was like, holy, you know what? <laughs> and um, yes, it was quite good. It lived up to the hype, in my opinion. Um, drank it from the can, as they suggest, and at 8%, it's a dangerous beer, because it was so easy to drink. So, so easy to drink. Well... Hetty Topper, like so, is kind of a a holy grail beer, especially for fans of that style. But it's also only available in, in limited quantities in limited areas. So, for those of you in the rest of America who may be listening to our podcast today, if you can't easily access Hetty Topper, a great beer that's on the market right now that just came out, uh, just got released, is Born Yesterday by Lagunitis. It's going to be a very similar style to Hetty Topper. Uh, obviously not quite the name recognition, but Lagunitis is a well-known brewery. So uh, find that one on your shelves. Born yesterday, Lagunitis out of Petaluma, California. Delicious beer. So, yeah, I look, you always recommend great stuff, but um, Hetty was number one on the top 250 beer list for quite some time. It seems to have moved down off that a little bit with some new acquisitions to that list. But um, I was happy to be able to mark that off. So that's why I said I might retire, but maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should try and go back and... See if I can challenge her to get me the rest of the ones that are in the top five. That is always a goal. There you go. So you know what else is a goal? What's that? 
The goal is to give our listeners this week's Blitzed Podcast news. So I am going to, in turn, throw it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for said Blitz Podcast news. Thank you, Steve. Hunter Henry suffered a concussion this past weekend against the Falcons. Yes, folks, our biggest fear has indeed been confirmed. Everyone's consensus number one rookie tight end Henry is in fact Ladarius Green in disguise. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills decided to allow LaShawn McCoy to play this last weekend despite lingering issues with his hamstring. Of course, McCoy immediately proceeded to re-injure said hamstring while producing minimal yardage. Early word is that Shady's status for this coming week will be the exact same as last week. So, in other words, the fantasy community won't know anything until game time. Then we will actually watch Buffalo trot McCoy out there. He'll perform miserably, get hurt once again, because, ladies and gentlemen, this is Buffalo Bills football. <laughs> Following a missed extra point for the second straight week, Steven Goskowski now has five total misses this season. This is noteworthy because only twice in his career has he missed more than five kicks in a season. Fantasy owners are sweating mightily Goskowski's trouble since he was likely the first kicker taken in your draft. Of course, this brings up the obvious question. Why in the bloody hell does your league still have kickers? <laughs> Geno Smith suffered a torn ACL in his first start of the season for the Jets, forcing Ryan Fitzpatrick back under center. Following the game, Fitzpatrick called out his coach, owner, and GM for losing faith in him. You know... I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was like some Mensa-level genius, but apparently not, because it's not just those three that lost faith in him. You don't need a Harvard degree to know to bail on a guy who has thrown for more than double the number of interceptions than touchdowns. This also raises the question of just how bad Bryce Petty must be to not beat out these two doofuses. <laughs> and finally, Brian Hoyer broke his arm leaving the Chicago Bears with only Matt Barkley and a still-not-quite-100%-Jay Cutler heading into their Monday night matchup versus the fierce Vikings defense. We asked Hoyer about the coming game and who he thought would get the start for Chicago. His response? I'm just glad it ain't me. This has been your BPN News Update. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? I'm sure Jay Cutler is thinking, Really? Now I get to come back? And after a loss to Philly? Yeah. The Vikings are going to be in a surly mood. I would expect so. Um, I really would. And poor Hoyer can't catch a break. I mean, never mind. That was pretty bad, wasn't it? But <laughs> so, uh, You know, every time that Hoyer's had a chance, with the exception of that one playoff game in Houston in his career, he's actually done fairly well. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Also, let's say something else. You said Matt Barkley, Jay Cutler, possibly not 100%. Jay Cutler, under center, throwing with the wrong hand would make me feel better than having Matt Barkley under center. Do you remember when Matt Barkley was uh, considered the consensus uh, number one overall pick a couple years ago and uh, people were saying that uh, 
Uh, he, he was in line to be the uh, Heisman Trophy winner back at USC going into his senior year. That is why I stay in my lane, as I like to say. I don't do college. I don't do scouting. I trust the people that do that. And then when I see where they land and I see how they look, that's when I go yay or nay. And Mr. Barkley didn't check those boxes for me once he got to the NFL. So well, I get very, to abstain. Very few, it seems like, of those USC quarterbacks have been successful. I mean, obviously, Carson Palmer uh, is one exception to that rule. And uh, you, you can say what you want about his success rate in, in the pros, but uh, uh, the guys coming after him have all kind of been so-so. Matt Castle wasn't really a quarterback in college, but he played yeah. for USC. And you know what? There's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. It's always hard for anybody. It's not like – I think we make it seem too easy at times. But I digress. But let's talk. Look, Hoyer – Causes a hole in the lineup because I'm sure that a lot of people were starting him. Um, and, of course, they would miss out on him this week. But next week he has a bye. And one of the things I want us to talk about here before we get into our DFS plays for the, te- for the day is bye week management. So this week we've got for week eight, Baltimore, L.A., Miami, New York, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. It almost seems like it's a um, six-city tour for fashion week or something with those cities involved. But – um. Here's how I look at it, and you can give your two cents. If you're looking for bye week help now for this week, you're doing it wrong. You're too late. Yes. So Mr. Hoyer, while he's missing this week, and you go, okay, but he's on a bye next week. Well, guess what? Next week's when you have to be planning for that replacement now. So that's the key for me. I mean, how, tell me how you handle it. That's exactly what I do. And uh, what I find a lot of times is people will go out and they'll make their pickups uh, based on how players did the previous week. But they don't really start looking ahead to when their team's buys are or just like potential bad matchups. Like say your quarterback is going to be going to face Seattle or Arizona and you don't want to start that quarterback that week. If you want to pick up someone quality to replace him with the week that you don't want to start him, you're going to have to do it that week, uh, the week later, uh, a week week beforehand because – you'll end up missing out on these guys otherwise. And an example I'm just going to pull – two poor quarterbacks out of the mix here. Um, let's say that you've got Tom Brady, who's your quarterback, in week nine, and you need a bi-week replacement. You may actually look for a guy that's much, much lower ranked, um, that just has a great matchup that week, where you're passing four or five different quarterbacks that you think most people would look at and go, well, they're, they're clearly head and shoulders above, we'll say Cody Kessler, okay? We know he's out and all that good stuff. But let's say you know, you've know, you got Kirk Cousins, and, well, he's on a bye that week, so that's a bad example. Um, who could be on waivers at well, this point? Well, an interesting player who might be on waivers uh, is Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, Keenum had a horrible game last week, so anyone that may have picked him up probably dropped him immediately. But they're going to face the Panthers in Week 9. And the Panthers' secondary has been absolutely toast this year without Josh Norman. Right. So, uh, other guys who might be seeing out there on the waivers, the 49ers uh, will be hosting the Saints, and the Saints can't stop anyone. Uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, has looked serviceable as a replacement. He certainly could be available. Right. And, and, and the point is, I was trying to come up with something. Like people might say, okay, Carson Wentz or Teddy Bridgewater or you know Joe Flacco's of the world are higher looked at as a higher rating than some of those guys where I'd be willing to, to go dumpster dive and knowing that that person has a better matchup that week. If I can get a player that's playing against Oakland or the Saints, I don't care what his name is. Well, against uh, Oakland, you've got Trevor Simeon, who, again, is probably available in a lot of leagues uh, right now, or at the very least, uh, he very well might be dropped 
after this kind of poor performance we've seen so far here on Monday night. It's uh, about partially into the second quarter, and they still don't have a score. Yeah, the NFL wonder why, wonders why ratings are dropping. The last two primetime games through, what, the middle of the second quarter of Monday night has produced 18 total points. Exactly. But, hey, I like, I like a defensive battle, so last night's game didn't bother me too, too much. So you can definitely find some decent quarterbacks who are available right now that you can sign this waiver period yep. to play in Week 9. That's, that's kind of where we're getting at with this because Week 9, you're going to be without Carson Palmer. You're going to be without Jay Cutler. You're going to be without Tom Brady. You're going to be without Andy Dalton. Yep. Uh, you're probably not starting Brock Osweiler, but he's going to be off. And obviously, Washington, Kirk Cousins is also off. He might be your starter. And there's a year. ton of wide receivers out, and there's a ton of running backs out that week. So it's you really got to go and look at those replacement options now. You can't wait. It has to be now. So, well, something else with less games on the docket. Yeah, that's going to be less names to pull from. Everyone, everyone is looking to fill in their bye week at the same time. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, it's just, that's all I can really say about it is it's not about who I'm telling you to go get. It's about knowing when to go get them and always be a step ahead. Be proactive, not reactive. Does that sum it up? That sums it up perfectly. So, again, if, if you've got bye week issues for week nine, pick up players to replace them in week eight and so on and so forth. Week 10, pick up those players in week nine. Do not wait until week 10 to get your week 10 replacements. Yep, absolutely. So at this point, I think that people probably would rather hear us talk about our DFS plays since um, some of them have been rather good the past couple of weeks. I know that we had Kyle stand in for me last week. Um, I kind of missed doing the segment, quite honestly, Um, but I needed to rest my voice and my head. Last week was a very, very healthy week for me at at the three major sites that I play at regularly. I, I did very, very well. Uh, still did not get my uh, first four-digit payday of the year. Uh, I'm a little upset about that. I had I had a fairly good shot at one in an afternoon contest, but uh, I, I had one mistake in my lineup, and that was putting in Devontae Freeman instead of Tevin Coleman. Uh, I think if I get Tevin Coleman in there, I'm probably in the four digits on that one. But uh, otherwise, though, it was a very productive, very good cash week for me. I'm going to correct you, too. I'm going to say, because you said you made the mistake of having Devontae Freeman in your lineup, right? Exactly. I'm going to say that's not a mistake. Just sometimes players don't pan out. There's nothing that was a mistake about wanting to put any of those offensive players and skill position players in lineups from that game this week. Definitely. And uh, again, I I wouldn't even blame game script because it it just really felt like a weird play with the way Tevin Coleman was getting the uh, touches early on there. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, it ended up hurting him because he's got a hamstring issue now. It sounds like he's going to miss at least a couple games, which uh, means that uh, Devontae Freeman becomes a very, very good play for the next couple weeks. And also, if you really need to go dumpster diving for a running back, Karen Ward suddenly becomes a play. He actually was productive in a role similar to Coleman's a couple years ago there. So, And you know what? He makes a great, he makes a great addition this week for the following week if you need running back help. Exactly. Before he has a chance to get those touches, before anybody gets to understand who he is and what's going on. Anyway, let's run through quarterbacks real quick since I don't like quarterbacks. Let's just throw them out there and get done with quarterbacks, and then we'll talk more about running backs and wide receivers. Who are you paying up for at quarterback? 
Well, this week, uh, my quarterback is going to be someone that's going to get on the microphone and tell you to relax. Oh, boy. Aaron Rodgers is going to Atlanta at 7,500 on DraftKings, 8,800 on FanDuel. Five different teams have thrown for more than 280 yards against Atlanta, and four teams have thrown for at least three touchdowns against them. Uh, Phillip Rivers only had 370 yards and one touchdown, so you can say that was a minor disappointment last week. Yeah. Um, I guess people probably think that we really sit and talk through all of what we're going to do in all the segments, but we don't because sometimes we want to be surprised by what the other person is going to say, right? Exactly. Well, guess who my um, quarterback I'm paying up for is? Tom Brady? Nope. It is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who last week, I believe, eclipsed 300 passing yards for like the first time in like 13 total games or something like that. He makes it two in a row this week. I'm with you. That's It's a matchup made in heaven. There's no way I don't want any part of that. Put him in there all day long. Now, you say Tom Brady. That's who I'm staying away from. I know that sounds crazy. I just don't like Brady going to New England, going to New England, going to Buffalo. Um, Rex always seems to play the Patriots hard. I could be wrong. I don't have any numbers in front of me, but that's just that's the assumption I have, and I don't like the risk at that price. Well, this is the same Buffalo team that shut out the Patriots just a couple weeks ago. So, Belichick may be looking for a little revenge there, but I, I have to agree with you. Buffalo has always played Brady pretty tough too. Yep, and it's just not worth the risk. That's what it comes down to for me. Who are you avoiding? I'm avoiding Cam Newton uh, against Arizona. His price tag is right up there with the high-priced guys. The Cardinals have allowed five passing touchdowns through seven games. Five. Five. How many touchdowns does David Johnson have? Probably more than that. About ten. (laughs) Okay. Value play. Who do you got to value? Jameis Winston versus Oakland. Uh, I know we're probably going to be talking a little bit about Tampa Bay during this segment. Uh, 5,700 on on, uh, DraftKings, 7,400 on FanDuel. Raiders have allowed 13 passing touchdowns and the absolute most total passing yards this year. So easy peasy Jameis Winston. Well, believe it or not, I'm on Jameis Winston too. He's my value play. And the fact that the game is in Tampa Bay just makes me like him that much more. There's going to be a theme to mine. I can tell you that right now. So that's your people listen. They, they, They make them hopefully hang on bated breath and all that good stuff. Let's move right to running back. Who do you have as, who are you paying up for at running back? I, I've got a pip for Christine Michael oh, at God. New Orleans. Uh, he's one of the top three price tags this week. New Orleans has allowed 155 combo yards and two touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. Two touchdowns per game. That's sick. So I think that if people listen to us, it's going to be apparent that a lot of our um, people we're paying up for are going to be chalky plays. Because guess what? I'm in the same spot. I got Michael. Look, you can see it. They can't. There it is, Michael. Um, He is who I'm paying up for. I think he's the best play there. Just games, everything. There's What's not to like? Sometimes you've got to be chalk on DFS. It paid last week by playing guys like Jacquez Rogers and Mike Evans and Julio Jones. And yes, those guys were owned 40, 50% of the GPPs. But those guys all each scored nearly 30 points on DraftKings, and you need those points if you're going to win. And, and that's what I was just going to say. If somebody's a chalky play and they wind up putting up the number one points at their position, then why don't you want that in your lineup if everybody else has it? Well, who don't you want in your lineup this week? I don't want LaShawn McCoy in my lineup this week. Um, I'm a McCoy owner, and I didn't want him in my regular lineup last week. And I just, I'm one of those guys, I'm a little more cautious. When somebody's got a hammy, 
or even an ankle, I, I tend to be cautious when they come back, and I try not to play until I see just how often, how much they get, and the fact to see, make sure that they get through unscathed and they don't re-injure it like he did. So at that price tag, um, I don't see how you can even take a chance uh, well, Mr. McCoy. I, I am so pissed off about McCoy right now because uh, last uh, week I had Mike Lisley in pretty much every single one of my lineups on FanDuel and on DraftKings. And uh, about 15 minutes before the game, turn on the uh, pregame show watching LaCoy, 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 yeah. LaCoy, watching <laughs> LaShawn McCoy warm up, and he's cutting and, and breaking carries and looking really, really sharp in warm-ups. So I go and instantly pull Mike Lisley out of all my laps. Actually, it was probably a decent concept anyways because he didn't do much of anything either. Right. But uh, no, uh, it, we were psyched out by that because we really thought McCoy was obviously going to be healthy. They deactivated Jonathan Williams prior to the game. So it looked like they had every confidence that McCoy was going to be able to play the full game. Didn't work out. So, yeah, I agree with you. Nothing to do with him. Uh, this week also, I'm going to do a kind of surprising avoid, and that's Melvin Gordon. Uh, his price tag's reasonable on DraftKings, but FanDuel is at 7200 uh, In the Week 6 matchup versus Denver, he was held out of the end zone, averaging only three and a half yards a carry against them. That might have been a, that might have been a season high for him. Exactly. and I mean, <laughs> you're, you're really touchdown dependent with Gordon, although he's picked up a lot of receptions the last couple weeks too, and I, I think he's going to probably still post nearly 100 total yards in the game, but... I just don't see him scoring a touchdown against this Denver defense. Uh, I'd be shocked to see him eclipse 50 this game, quite honestly. I just, that Denver defense, especially at home, yes. I'm with you. I'm avoiding him, but I just thought McCoy was an easier avoid being a high salaried guy. So, who's your value play? I'm going to go deep dive in here. Uh, Bilal Powell versus uh, at Cleveland, I should say. His price tag's only 3500 Hasn't done much the last couple weeks as uh, Matt Forte has kind of been the featured back with uh, Geno Smith under center. Well, guess what? Ryan Fitzpatrick is back under center. And Ryan Fitzpa- when Fitzpatrick was playing earlier this year, is Bilal Powell who was getting a lot of the receptions out of the backfield. I think that's going to happen again in this game. And realistically, both of those players make good plays against the Browns team that just gave up 312 combo yards and two touchdowns to Cincinnati's backfield. Both, Gianardo, uh, both Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill scored in the game. Both Forte and Powell will score in this one, but Powell's a lot cheaper than Forte. I like it. Um, well, how about that? We didn't have the same player here. My value play is a guy that um, was just a no-brainer. I was getting, you know, during the radio show I do on WDAE last Friday, people, should I start this player or A, B, C, or D? And I'm like, why are you even considering A, B, C, or D? That guy's going to touch the ball 40 times almost. Jacquez Rogers. Um, they got to just get Peyton Barber under control and not give him any more touches because he's a liability. Um, but even at that price, 5800 6600 on the two sites, being at home against that Oakland defense, um, there really is no one else to give the ball to. So it's all about the amount of work and the workload that he's going to have. And I don't know that he's going to put a 30-point game up on the board, um, but at that price, that's a value in my eyes. Do you think that Peyton Barber is young enough that his parents named him after Peyton Manning and Tiki Barber? I don't think he. I don't think they got to choose what his last name was. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I I saw the line for Peyton Barber, and I'm like, when he got that touchdown, I was like, what? <laughs> and, and you want to know that's actually not bad to know that he got that because I believe he had a fumble earlier in the game. Yes, right? he did. When you have a fumble and your name's Peyton Barber, and people go, who? 
And then they still give you a goal line touch later for you to get a touchdown. Actually, might have been goal line touch was forty four yards, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it was a long run. Um, but still, that shows you how little depth you have as a team, right? Yep. I mean, and if, if anyone's seen Tampa's remaining schedule this year, it is S A W F T soft. There you go. If you can get your hands on any member of that Tampa offense going forward, do so. Yep. Uh, and that includes guys like Jack Quiz, because uh, who knows when Doug Martin's going to be back. That's right. When they said Martin re- re-aggravated, et cetera, I've heard doctors say that it could be a four- to six-week re-aggravation. You don't know. They're not giving any information out. But, look, it's not that Quiz is the end-all, be-all of, oh, my God, where is this great running back coming from? But it's opportunity. And if you exactly. get the opportunity, that's what you need. So his price tag, if he continues to perform, will rise. But at this point, I still think even at that level, he's a, a value play. So He's really a poor man's Le'Veon Bell right now. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It really is. Um, let's move to wide receiver. Who, do okay. you, who are you paying up for? Third week in a row. I'm going to the wall three times in a row for Julio Jones. He gets Junior. Green Bay this week. His price tag's right at the top. Without Sam Shields, Green Bay has been absolutely abused by opposing number one wide receivers. Every single number one wide receiver they face this year has scored and or topped 100 total yards. So it's gold for Julio Jones this week. I like Julio. Do you want to know why I'm not going with Julio this week? Because he's at home? Because he's at home. I don't know why. I just I have a hard time getting that split out of my head. I know he's had some big games at home. But no, it's also a combination of that. Plus, I just happen to like somebody else a whole lot more. Who do you like? How can you not like Mike Evans? I, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> Mike Evans is my pay-to-play at wide receiver. Note that I had a Tampa Bay Buck in my value play at running back and a value play at quarterback. So I'm all in on the Bucks at, this week, it looks like. So what you're saying is... Uh, you don't have much respect for the Oakland defense. I unfortunately do not. Not well, from too a bad f- we don't have uh, E here to chime in on that yeah, this year. At least not from a fantasy perspective. I don't. Hey, I'm not going to be shocked if Oakland wins this game. Um, they play well on the road, but at some point, coming east is tough, man. It really is. They have to do it a lot this year, too, don't it they? It seems like it, doesn't it? Seems like they're here every other week. Um, so who who are you going to who are you going to avoid this week? I wonder if we're on the same okay. guy here. This is a, a, an interesting angle here. I am going to avoid New Orleans' number one receiver, Brandon Cooks, at home with Drew Brees throwing him the ball versus Seattle. Now, Seattle gave up two touchdowns passing to Matt Ryan. In every other game this year, they have allowed a total of one touchdown to be thrown to a wide receiver. So if you take out the touchdown to Aldrich. Aldrick Robinson and the touchdown by Julio Jones in that uh, one game. The rest of the season, Seattle has given up one wide receiver touchdown. Brandon Cooks is losing targets to Michael Thomas. He's losing targets to Willie Sneed, and he's losing targets to Brandon Coleman. I just I, I can't get behind him going up against uh, Richard Sherman. I like that, and I think that's a chalky stay away. Um, so rather than agree with you and say that's who I'm going with, I tried to go to somebody that's higher priced. And I'm not going to be shocked if he has a good game, quite honestly. But I just I can't do it. I think there's risk. The fact that he's at home is a check mark for him. If this were on the road, it'd be a no-brainer for me. But I'm staying away from T.Y. Hilton. Because who else is there on that offense? Jack Doyle, right? Exactly. Uh, everyone else. Uh, 
Dorsett's hurt. Uh, Bray is hurt. Moncrief is hurt. <laughs> so I mean, if Allen is hurt. Kansas City's secondary is not bad at all, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them put the second-year cornerback on on Mister Hilton, who you know this guy's earning a reputation as one of the better corners in the league. So um, that's why I'm avoiding Mister Hilton this week. Well, I actually really do like Marcus Peters a lot, uh, but he has been beaten a couple times. Uh, his thing is he's really kind of opportunistic. Yep. He, he goes for a lot of turnovers, and because of that, he gets burned sometimes. And uh, fortunately, KC has some pretty good safeties, too, so they can kind of help him over the top. But uh, I, I would agree with that. I think that Hilton's going to get a volume, a number of carries, volume, a number of receptions, I should say, but uh, I don't like him as price tag. Right, and see, and that's, for me, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to price tag and risk. That, exactly. I, can, I can admit there's upside with Hilton. I mean, the upside is two long catches, and he could have 25 points. With is Indianapolis touchdowns. going to have a total of two wins after this week? Uh, that's I don't know. Wow. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Indianapolis and Carolina combined for three wins uh, through seven weeks. Who would have thought that? Yep. All right, so let's go to value play. Um, I'll give you my value play first. Go for it. Mr. Inunwa. I like Quincy. I like Quincy. So Dunn. does Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, that's why I like Quincy's because Mr. Beard of Justice is back under center. So that's what I like about it. I think that he's at a, at his price, you know the volume's going to be there. There's no Decker. You got Fitzpatrick back under center. They don't have a tight end. I think Inunua kind of is a quasi-tight end for them with how they run their offense. And I just I think it's a nice matchup against a team that has proven to be extremely soft to the tight end, even though he's not necessarily a tight end. I think you see what I mean. I, I like that. I like that argument a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who's been mostly maligned this year, and that's Michael Floyd at Carolina. Uh, you didn't learn, did you? Cheap? You didn't. You didn't learn from Shady's hammy, did you? Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> Over their last three games, Carolina has allowed nearly 900 total yards to opposing wide receivers, to go along with five touchdown receptions for opposing wide receivers. Last time I looked at Arizona's depth chart. Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald are pretty much all that's left. John Brown is dealing with leg issues related to sickle cell anemia. Uh, Jerron Brown is out for the season now. J.J. Nelson actually had a pretty good game last week uh, filling in for John Brown. But again, that core is getting much, much slimmer very fast. So Floyd will be out there on pretty much every snap. Yep. I, I, that's a, you know what? The only thing, like I said, it, matchup-wise, is a great play. Um, and I think we'll know as the day gets closer how the hammy's responding. So it's not like I don't think you'll really be at risk. If he practices fully two days, you should be good to go. Um, but I've also heard that there's a chance John Brown could be back this week too. I, I did hear that as well. All right, so let's move to the um, tight end position. And I don't know if I want to go first or I want to let you go first because I feel if I let you go first, you're going to steal my thunder. Well, I think we're both going to have the same guy for payup this week probably, and that's the uh... – you think so? Rob Gronkowski. Nope. Ah, we're not going the same one. That's awesome. Uh, Buffalo gave up 120 yards a couple weeks ago to Gronk and Bennett combined with Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. Yeah. Tom I'm, Brady's a little bit better than Brissett. Just a tiny bit. Um, here's the thing. Gronk, you can always pay up for Gronk. That's why I'm not taking Gronk. Okay? Not going to argue with you if you tell me that I'm going to pay up for Gronk in week 13. Hell, I might tell you you could pay up for Gronk in Week Nine when he's on his bye. Mm-hmm. So um, he still will outperform the New York Jets tight ends. T- yes, he will, and the Houston Texans combined too, probably. Um, no, you know who I'm going to pay up for? 
I'm going to pay up for a guy that has been much maligned since getting to his new team a couple years ago. I'm paying up for Jimmy Graham on his return to the Superdome. Revenge game. Revenge. I'm going for it. I'm buying the narrative. Well, you know what? Uh, New Orleans can certainly be beaten over the secondary. Uh, although, for whatever reason, they seem at home. They seem to do pretty good against tight ends. Yeah, it's I, I'm throwing all that out the window. I truly am. I, I really think that Jimmy you, wants, you know he wants to score there. Yes, and I don't think just once. I think it's multiple scores this week. I really do. Well, the guy I'm going to avoid this week is Greg Olson. Uh, his price tag is very, very close to Gronk's, which is just a huge sin this week because Arizona has allowed zero tight end touchdowns and no tight end has topped 53 yards against them. All but two tight ends that have faced them have finished with 30 yards or less. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Mr. Olson is not my avoid. However, he was a close runner-up. Um, because I was looking hard at him for the same reasons that you were. Um, I found a guy that I just think is riskier. And he's a guy that everybody probably was on a little too heavy this week. But you'll feel a theme with me. I don't like to risk things when it comes to health. So I'm avoiding Hunter Henry, who has suffered concussion sy symptoms, and they weren't reported until after the game. So who knows when they happened and how they impacted his 1-for-16 line this past week. Um, even though he's not a highly-priced player still at 3700 on DraftKings, I mean, that's almost half price of what Gronk is. Health-wise, I just have to stay away. And I don't think he has a great matchup to boot, so um, there Was, you was go. it the same certified athletic trainers working that game that worked the uh, opening night game between Denver and Carolina? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprising, that's for sure. And hey, just so people know, whether I don't know if they call them concussion spotters, or but the doctors on the sidelines, when you see them talking to a player, the concussion guy is the guy with the blue hat, the blue baseball cap, just so people know. Well, I'm, I'm wondering how many times they're going to have to check Jay Cutler for a concussion on Monday night. Jay Cutler might be asking him to check before he goes out. He kind of always looks like he has a concussion, doesn't he? You know, I'm not going to bag on Jay. I know everybody bags on Jay and smoking Jay. I, I kind of like Jay. I don't know why. I always have. I think he's, he's got, got a, a hot wife. He's got, he got a raw deal back in that playoff game when he hurt himself and, you know, all that crap. And, and no, he hasn't ever lived up to expectations. Not many quarterbacks freaking do, quite honestly. Right? I mean, you can bag on – people bag on Marino. Okay? And no, I'm not saying that Cutler's Marino, but I kind of – leave Jay alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's someone I'm not going to leave alone. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz at Detroit. Price tag near the uh, minimum in both sites. Uh, Detroit has allowed an average of five catches, 64 yards, and one touchdown per game to opposing tight ends. CJ has been very active in the Houston offense the last couple weeks. Uh, he's caught touchdown passes in two of the last three, I believe, and uh, that makes him a very good play against Detroit this week. So um, I'm not picking him because I don't want to have to say nor spell his name, um, but I also have a guy that I like a little bit better. And remember I said earlier there's a theme to my picks this week. My tight end value play is Mr. Brait from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to recap before I say this is why, um, my value play at quarterback, at running back, and at tight end were all Buccaneers. And my top play at wide receiver is Mike Evans. 
So we, we've been insulting the uh, New York uh, Jets tight ends all show now, but uh, how crazy is this that at the start of the year, we were confused as to whether or not Austin Safarian Jenkins or Cameron Brait would be the breakout tight end for Tampa Bay this year. Austin Safarian Jenkins can't reach the active roster for the New York Jets. Yeah. Hey, at least he's on a roster at this point, though. So exactly. Um, and it's what do we can say for Josh Brown? Did, who? Exactly. Okay. Kickers don't matter. That's right. And that guy there. That yeah, we didn't get into that, and thankfully we didn't because never mind. Our show would be another half hour long. Um, anyway, there you go. There you have it. That's our DFS um, pay to plays, stay aways, and value plays. Right. Exactly. How about a parting thought for the weekend? You know what? My parting thought is. If you're playing DFS and you have a defense to pick, choose the Vikings. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to at least have one pick six. They're probably going to get nine or ten sacks. Matt Barkley will probably play part of the game. (laughs) Do I need to say more? Uh, Well, yes. I'll give my parting thought. If you don't pick the Vikings and you're not sure who to play at defense, always default to somebody that's playing at home. Or someone that's facing the Browns. That too. All right, with that, we're going to wrap up another episode, I believe our 53rd since we've started this thing. So make sure that you're following um, Harley at Nuclear Harley on Twitter. You can, of course, follow myself at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, do us a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate us and review us over there. We'd greatly appreciate it. Pass us along to your friends, etc. They don't have to be in the league that you want to win. Pass on to them in the other leagues where you don't care about or something like that for all we care. But do me a favor. And as always, get blitz responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.